you know, the colors are, are blue and gold and white. And so that's what we got. We, we got a gold tree and, you know, my, my, my wife's cringing uh, right away. <laughs> Seal Duo fans, before we dive into tonight's episode, just a quick announcement. We have our 300th episode coming up, as well as the start of season four. And we've got some fun episodes planned and wanted to invite all of you to celebrate along with us, both the start of season four and our 300th episode. So want to remind you about our voicemail line. And if you want to leave us a message to congratulate us on the 300 episodes or tell us what your favorite episodes or guests have been, we'd love to include a bit of a montage in our episodes coming up, kicking off season four and celebrating our 300th episode so we can include all of your voices in there too. So if you would like to have your voice included, then please dial our voicemail line. It is 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. Leave us a message and we will be sure to include at least most of them in the episodes that are coming up. But we would love, love, love to hear your voices in those episodes. Thanks, everybody. With that, on to the episode. Welcome to another bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And as you can probably tell from this show intro, I am not Brian. So I am solo here today. This is Sam hosting uh, solo, not for the first time, but I don't do this too often. Hopefully my skills on the technical side won't screw things up too much so that Brian has to fix it in the editing process. But thankfully, I'm not by myself today. I am joined by a wonderful guest who reached out to us to talk about some very maritime cruises that he did. So welcome to the show, Greg. Hi, Sam. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah, we're very happy to have you. I am so interested to hear about this. I know you went on a dream, very maritime cruise uh, several years ago, and then recently you went on a wish, very maritime cruise. So we're going to do a little compare contrast today. But before we get there, we need to know what your Disney Cruise Line background is. How many cruises have you been on? Which ships and where? And if if you have limited experience, we'd love to know where your love of Disney even came from. Yeah, no, we've uh, we're big Disney fans. So born and raised in LA, so we we do the parks uh, both west and east coast. Um, we've done Disneyland, Paris, Tokyo, that that sort of thing. Uh, we started cruising Disney 2013, and at the end of last year, we completed our 12th cruise. So we've been around. We've done all five cruise ships. We've done Bahamas multiple times, Caribbean, Western Caribbean multiple times. Times, uh, Mediterranean, multiple Baja cruises, a uh, relocation cruise from uh, Vancouver to San Diego. Oh, nice. We've always wanted to do one of those. Did that one stop in San Francisco? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, it seems. No, it didn't stop. Um, we were on the, um, I, I think we, we had one stop, I believe, somewhere in Canada, and that was about it. And then it was, uh, you know, pretty straightforward to uh, San Diego. Those, those repositioning itineraries are always ones that are attractive. The only negative is dealing with one-way flights. <laughs> right, right. Well, cool. Um, that You have a lot of experience on Disney Cruise Line. You're a platinum cruiser, or as mm-hmm. we all say, on our way to Pearl, right? Someday. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. 
So who is normally in your sailing party? These days, my wife and my eight-year-old. In the past, and actually on this last, you know, back-to-back Christmas cruise, the entire family on my wife's side. So that includes her sister and family, brother and family, her parents. And uh, this time around, we also brought her aunt. So um, yeah, we usually bring a good eight to, to 10 people. So often the three of you, but this time a much larger group. That's really fun. And you had previously done a very merry time on, was it a single cruise you did when you did it on the dream back in, I think, what did, what year was that? 2018. No, that, that one was back to back. Yeah. That was actually our first back to back and for the longest time. And I, I think we still do sort of hold that up as the best cruise that we've ever done. Our, our son at the time was four years old and yeah, it, yeah, it just, it, it felt like family the whole time. And it felt like uh, we just, never wanted to leave the ship. I love that. So you've got like an exact comparison because the dream was doing those three four night itineraries back Mm -hmm. then. And now the wish is doing those same three and four night itineraries. And they were the exact same theme. Wow. That's yeah, that's a perfect comparison. I guess let's dive right in. Was this your first time on the wish? It was our first time. Uh-huh. Oh, great. Well, let's let's hear what you thought then about um, one of the offerings, of course, before you even before you even step on board. We've got some, you know, some different offerings available uh, for booking ahead of time. What were you guys uh, anticipating or hoping to do before you got on board? You know, we're big planners. We we spent, you know, and we booked this as soon as our window opened. So you're looking at a good year and a half or more um, prior to our sailing date. And and so we did all the research that we could. Obviously, I'm listening to you guys, catching everything on, on Twitter um, from the various bloggers and, and, and uh, travel experts. And so we figured, let's book early. We could always decide to cancel certain events or certain offerings if we decide not to do it. Um, we also knew that... A we wanted to probably skip Nassau. You know, we've been to that port multiple times. So so we knew we were set there. We would spend most of our time on the ship. Uh, the only time we would walk off the ship is um, Castaway Key. And in, in, indeed, we did that both times the, the, during the three night and the four night. So we essentially lined up as, you know, many beverage tastings as possible. And, we're, you know, we're also big character fans. So we wanted to take pictures. So we just wanted to make sure that there was room in the schedule to meet with the different characters. We had hoped to do all of the shows that didn't happen. We wanted to do Palo Steakhouse multiple times and we wanted to try Enchante once or twice, hoping to not only do dinner, but also crossing our fingers, we're hoping to do the dessert. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of plans. Uh, did that play into your decision to do a back to back rather than just doing a three night or a four night or doing perhaps a, a seven night on the fantasy or something like that? Yeah, no, no. I, I, I think what drove this was okay, we're we're intent on doing the wish based on experience we knew that three and four night cruises were too short and for context we did a two night cruise in february from san diego to baja so that was that was just us testing the waters post covid right and and then did a halloween uh, cruise in october again san diego to baja and i think that was four nights and we just felt like you know i wish we could have done a back to back maybe somehow made this a three plus two or three plus three, that didn't happen. So I I think our planning was spot 
got on here to do a back-to-back seven nights total on, on The Wish. Yeah. I mean, you've got a new ship that you haven't been on before. There's so many things to do, as you said, and it sounds like you, you had a lot of things you wanted to do and didn't even get to do all of them. And so, you know, three nights or four nights, it is, it is pretty hard. I think that it's a, you know, it's a great option to take one shorter cruise for somebody who hasn't cruised and doesn't know if they're, yeah, doesn't know if their family's going to like it. But when you know you love Disney cruising. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Three or four days, just too short. Okay. So exactly. booking process sounds like you got, but you are platinum. So it sounds like you've mm-hmm. got the things that you, you wanted or not, I guess, in the, in sort of the pre-booking. Yeah, we did. I mean, I was surprised because some of the drink tastings, for example, were already booked. World of Gin was one of those that, that I was eyeing. I, I, I couldn't get that, but I figured, Hey, we, we, we've got a way of sort of, you know, making friends on the ship. We'll, we'll figure this out when, when we board. So I wasn't too worried about that. You know, the spa activities, I, I think we were good there. And again, it was one of those things where we had multiple bookings. And then when we figured out our schedule and the grand scheme, as we approached the cruise, we, we were able to cancel the extra activities and, and just hone in on the ones that we wanted to, to keep. I mean, I think for the most part, I think you're right. It's not that hard to, if you're platinum, it's not that hard to get into most things. There are some drink tasting that are certainly more popular in particular the ones that are that are newer like gin and uh, what is it the old fashioned one I think is a little bit harder to get into as well and of course the cabanas I mean it's we just everyone knows cabanas are very hard to get unless you're staying concierge and even if you're staying concierge on the wish it's not a guarantee uh, because there are so many concierge rooms on on that ship yeah my brother-in-law looked into a cabana and yeah nothing was available I mean, it's always worth it to ask and to get yourself on the wait list. What I will say to give a tip for the for listeners out there is if you put yourself like on a wait list before the cruise, that doesn't actually carry on to on board. So once you get on board, if you really want a cabana and you haven't been able to get one, it, it is worthwhile to put yourself on the wait list by going to guest services because they start a wait list anew. But just a little warning, if a concierge guest wants a cabana and didn't pre-book it, they trump that wait list. So that's, you know, the only the only negative there. But it is definitely something that's, I think, more possible on the other four ships uh, as opposed to the Wish. All right. Well, let's talk about getting on board because this is your first time on this beautiful new ship. And she's decorated, I'm going to say somewhat, for the holidays, for Christmas specifically. What did what did you guys think? Well, so the the boarding process it, it, it was smooth once we got to our reservation time. You know, I, I think probably uh, the biggest um, issue was just having to wait for that reservation time. So we got there a little bit early. I think maybe eleven, and so we waited thirty minutes outside. We couldn't wait inside. You know, depending on the weather, that could be an issue for some folks. But you know, that was pr- pretty much clear sailing. So you're up the escalator. You're, you're really just waiting in in that general uh, waiting area before boarding. And I, I don't think we waited more than a half hour. So it wasn't too bad. So we waited a half hour outside, another half hour inside, and everything pretty much went smoothly. We walk in and, you know, I think as a lot of the, you know, other guests have said, it's one of those things where they, they call your family's name and yeah, it feels like home. The ship's beautiful. I think we were just all awe. 
odd uh, about the the beauty in that grand atrium. You know, it, it's a little different, right? I don't I don't think it's as warm. I, I would say I, I think that's the word I'd use as the other four ships. Um, our favorite ship, I think, is still the Dream. The Wish maybe is number two or number three. At, at the same time, just we just wanted to explore right away, and 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 I don't think we uh, again. Um, you mentioned it. We 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 missed some things, and hoping to you know do another cruise soon on the Wish. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you you have this beautiful grand atrium. It's definitely different. I have to agree with you. It is not as warm as the other ships, but it is an elegance that is unparalleled, I would say. Yeah, I agree. What did you think about the the holiday decorations? You know, there's typically we got usually, you know, garlands in the atrium, garlands. I'm just saying sort of overall garlands in the atrium, garlands in other areas of the ship, sometimes even in the kids clubs, tree, gingerbread house. I would love to hear what you thought about the decorations and give me some comparison or some context maybe when you talk about these in comparison to what you saw in the dream a few years ago. Yeah, it's, you know, for for us, for our family, Christmas traditionally is green and red. And I think we were struggling to see those colors. But, but you know, I think we also understood thematically, you know, the colors are, are blue and gold and white. And so that's what we got. We, we got a gold tree and, you know, my, my, my wife's cringing uh, right away. <laughs> I, I, I do remember the dream. I mean, the dream, it, it, it sort of felt like you're in Santa's home on open water, that kind of thing. Um, or, or, you know, Mickey's uh, holiday home on, on the water, that kind of thing. The other thing I remember from 2018 on the dream was the, the smell, like the real awesome sort of sweet smell of gingerbread. And, and you didn't get that when you walked on the wish. And, and I think we've all seen the pictures. And, and so I already knew what that was going to look like. My wife was trying to avoid spoilers. She peeked over and saw what they had done and, and was really disappointed. Why don't you describe for the audience, what, what is the normal, I say normal, the gingerbread house that you had seen on the dream in 2018, what did that look like first? That looked like a house that your toddler could walk into. Like it, it, it was that big. You know, you could, as an adult, you'd have to sort of get down a little bit, maybe crawl, but you could probably get into that gingerbread house. Yeah, it's a life-size gingerbread house. You're right for a child, but but definitely life-size. I think of it like those playhouses that sometimes people have in their backyards that they build for their kids. That's what it reminds me of. But obviously made out of gingerbread but tell us tell us what the one on the wish looked like yeah it, it was hard to find right because uh <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to let your smell sort of guide you and and you didn't know exactly where to look um they sort of hit it in the corner and i i think that's a little telling right so you know it, it could be that they just didn't want the gingerbread house to sort of take away from the tree and from sort of the grandeur of that grand atrium and and, and so they sort of hit it in the corner i i think it was a gingerbread not a house but i think it was a gingerbread tree if i'm not mistaken i didn't and and you know it tells you how much time i spent looking at it i didn't spend a whole lot of time and in fact my my, my wife made fun of me because i was going around the entire ship just trying to find an actual tree that looked like the trees that we were used to growing up <laughs> and so i was taking yeah i was taking pictures of the trees in the various kids clubs uh in, in the various dining rooms that that sort of thing and at the end of the day i, I said okay i'm sure there's going to be a really awesome tree at the Grand Fleury 
Floridian. Let's just wait until we get on the ground after the cruise. <laughs> and, and that's what we did. We went to the Grand Floridian, saw a real gingerbread house and saw a real Christmas tree. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I'm looking at a picture of the one on the wish right in front of me as we're as we're speaking because I we did not go on the a uh, very merry time wish cruise this year we went on the wonder for our very merry time cruises I would say yeah it's like a tree shape but it's more like it's like a tower kind of a thing it's definitely in a tree shape with like a little house on the top but the house on the top that is the only part of it that could qualify as a gingerbread house looks like the one that you could get from you know Costco and a package and make it. <laughs> home. Not to say it isn't decorated professionally. It clearly is professionally decorated, but it's not the grand gingerbread house that you get or the life-size gingerbread house that you get and actually still currently get, at least on on the Wonder, we had that life-size gingerbread house that you were describing just as you had on the Dream in 2018. And we had a large, I think it was green tree. What was the tree? What color was the tree on the Wish? It was gold. Okay. And it was a a large atrium, uh, well, grand hall, I guess, but you know what I mean by atrium tree, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, so in in terms of sort of the, again, the the grandeur of it all, it it was beautiful. Um, And I, you know, woke woke up early several times to make sure that no one was, you know, in the vicinity so I could take a clean picture of of that entire grand um, atrium and grand hallway. And the, the pictures look great. Just again, not, not those warm colors and not that warm feeling that we're used to that, that I, I'm sure that you saw on the wonder. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's not bad. It's just different, right? And so if you're looking for that red and green Christmassy color feel, it it has a very different feel to it. Well, let's talk about the different holiday activities and whether they were different or the same than what you experienced on on the dream. What kinds of things were offered during the very merry time cruises that are that are specific to very merry time, meaning not not just sort of the general cruise activities. Yeah. So on the dream, I remembered us spending a lot of time taking various photos. Um, and I think I think in one of your, maybe it was the recent uh, trip that you guys took, you, you mentioned some of the characters wearing their ugly Christmas sweaters. You know, we were expecting to see Mickey and the gang in formal Christmas wear, which we saw on the dream. Um, we didn't see that on the wish. Let me stick to the dream because the dream, we got a lot of variety, right? So on pirate night, you had the pirate outfits that was typical, no surprise there. Again, you had a lot of the Christmas sweaters on, on Castaway. You still had sort of the, you know, what, what would you call it? The the uh, beach outfits. Like the the Hawaiian shirts, like that. I feel Donald and Mickey have the Hawaiian shirts and yeah. Exactly. But they also had, um, and, and we like our photos. And, and, and so we'll, we'll dress up, we'll dress up too in our formal wear. And so it was kind of neat to see Goofy with a vest and his plaid colored pants. And so we, we were sort of matching. Um, I'm looking at these old pictures now from 2018. And my son had his like red velvet little kid tuxedo on. Oh. Um, I had, yeah, I had my, my red velvet tuxedo jacket, that sort of thing. But yeah, that was missing on the wish. I, I spoke with a cast member just trying to figure out because it's not really in the navigator. Like you can't really tell what they're going to be dressed as. So, you know, again, we're making friends here and uh, a cast member essentially was telling me and I, and I told her about 2018 and she's like, we do things differently on the wish. And, you know, she kind of smiled at me and, you know, just basically reset expectations. And, and, you know, that, that was a smile just letting me know that things 
are different, not in a good way or a bad way. It's it's just different. Um, and, and so she gave me her advice. And at the end of the day, we, we sort of just decided, let's play it by ear. It's, it's a bit of a guessing game. We did bring our, you know, formal where my wife had a gown, I had a tuxedo and so did my son. And we, we I think we tried it uh, one night with with a little bit of luck and then decided, hey, let's let's do it again the next night to see if we can get some better pictures, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. So interesting. We had on the Wonder a bunch of different outfits, right? We had the the sweater outfits, so like the Christmas sweater outfits and sort of the, I'll call them Christmas casual wear. And then we did have the Christmas formal wear as well in addition to the regular formal wear. So when I'm talking about Mickey, for example, Mickey has his, I'll call it his tuxedo, but it's Mickey's like regular outfit, but formal wear. So he's got the jacket with tails. For Christmas, he had, it's essentially the same outfit, but with a plaid red and green plaid vest. So it's a Christmassy take on the formal wear outfit. And Minnie has something, you know, has a, a long like plaid dress type thing. It, she actually looks a little bit like a, I don't know, a little house on the prairie-ish. I'll be honest, that's not my favorite. It's not my favorite mini outfit, her formal Christmas wear. But yeah, we had two different Christmas outfits. I don't know that every character had one because I don't think Chip and Dale had alternate outfits. I think they just had one. And I'm not sure that Pluto had an alternate outfit either, but some of the other characters definitely did. So that's interesting. And it sounds like that's what your cruise on the dream was. So what were the what were the Christmas outfits that the characters, at least like the Fab Five, what did they have for Christmas on the Wish? You know, it was just the sweaters. Well, I'll, I'll walk that back a little bit. So for, for photo opportunities, it was just the sweaters. And, and that's fine. That the, Those looked great. They did a stage show, maybe it was the evening of night one, where they actually had some formal wear, but they never wore those for photo opportunities. And so I even asked a cast member on the second leg, like, are, are they going to actually rewear those formal outfits um, so we could take pictures with them? And, and she said, no, they only wear it on stage during that sort of the lighting, the tree lighting ceremony. Interesting. Yeah, we had that same tree lighting. I'll be honest, I don't remember what outfits they were wearing for that. I just, it's just not something, a detail I remember. I have pictures of it, so I could go back and look. But that's really interesting that they didn't wear those because obviously they have them on board. So why not, guys? Why not? <laughs> okay, so a little difference in some of the character stuff. I, what about the Santa and Mrs. Claus stuff? What kind of offerings did they have on board and were they the same or different than you had had on the dream? I, I think they were fairly similar. It was different for us this time because now, you know, my son's eight years old and I think he still believes in Santa and all that. But the experience of having to, you know, sit on his lap and all that stuff, I think I think he's past that, and so so we actually skipped all those activities. But as we walked around, we we saw we saw people lining up, and and we did see you know Mrs. Claus there as well. And I think there was a storytelling activity um, one evening as well. So that that was all I think very in line with what we saw in 2018 on the Dream. So so in that sense, those holiday activities were the same. I think the other similarities um, that I could recall, there was an activity where you could build a gingerbread house. I believe I, I think that was still there. Oh, we didn't have that on the wonder. So that's interesting. We had no gin- no cookie decorating at all on the wonder. So I was cu- that's that's interesting that there was some cookie decorating on on the wish. 
Yeah, so we had that. I believe I thought I saw something where they were making ornaments, and they had that at various、uh, locations. I strangely, they used Bayou for a lot of that, which it made Bayou really busy. Like you couldn't hang out and just enjoy a drink there because there were a lot of activities going on there. But they also used a lot of the、uh, they, they used Luna for a lot of the other stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's hard because they don't have you know there's no D lounge. And on the wonder and on the magic, there's also in addition to D lounge, you get what is it called the promenade lounge on the magic or the French Quarter lounge on the wonder. Those are often used during the day for those kinds of family crafts. But yeah, there's not like a perfect place on the wish really to do those, is there? No, I'm I'm looking at the deck plan right now. So you have Luna, and I know obviously there there were a lot of activities there. There were a couple of other locations where they had activities, but I'll come back to Bayou. In that Bayou is a great place. It's it's a really beautiful lounge, but I, I think it's poorly situated because it's in the middle of everything. So it's always going to be loud. Um, it's always going to be crowded. You're getting sort of spillover from folks coming out of the the grand hallway, and even folks just coming out of hyperspace lounge. They end up just somehow landing at at. So like Bayou is almost like this holding pattern for a lot of people, and, and so it makes it an odd place to to have different activities. They they could have maybe moved this um someplace else to to really free up the space for others to to actually enjoy. You know, beverages and snacks and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I want to sit and have like a cafe au lait and some beignets in there. I don't, I don't want to be in sort of this loud, bustling craft space in the middle of the day. But I, 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 I hear what you mean. Yeah, I, I think the best time for those looking to go to Bayou and check it out and、e- either have a coffee or have a drink. I think that there's sort of two best times to go to Bayou when it's not going to be crowded like that. The first is early in the morning. So go get your coffee and your beignet when people are just kind of waking up. It's not crowded then. Even if they have some crafts going on, it's it's likely to be less crowded space at that point.、Um, the other time is during the first dinner seating. <laughs> if you have late dinner seating, you are going to be in luck and be able to go to Bayou before it gets or after and before it gets more crazy for the sort of nighttime crowd. So yeah, that would definitely be my tip. Any other events that we haven't talked about? I guess the tree lighting, right? We have the tr- the tree lighting. Was that significantly different than the tree lighting they did back on the Dream back in twenty eighteen?、Uh, yeah, not not significantly. It, it was definitely no. I'm just thinking about the crowds. I think it was they they were crowded both times. Plenty of kids. Again, we we use the word grandeur to describe、um, just how everything looked here on the Wish. Spectacular is another word. It's just everything's so bright, you know. And you know, so the, in, in that sense,、um, it, it was a little bit different. I, again, I'm and then I'm thinking about the the recent、uh, National Geographic special on the making of the Wish. You know, it seemed like they just wanted to go big, right? And 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 so I got the sense from that show and 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 being on the ship itself, you you could tell everything. Had to be big and just spectacular, and, and it was. So I, I think they achieved that. 
Hey, EDCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash L Duo, so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. What about the Winter Wonderland Ball? Did you get a chance to go to that? I only know of that existence because we did it on the Wonder. This was an event later in the evening where essentially Santa showed up <laughs> and Mrs. Claus. Did you all have that in, in the Grand Hall on the Wish? I think they did. I'd have to look at the navigator one more time, but I, I'm pretty sure they we had that. Um, interestingly, we skipped it, and it's funny because I, 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 you know, I mentioned to you how um, it didn't seem like we had time for everything, and so like we would have liked to do that, but I, I think we just had other things going on, and so we we actually missed that that event. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I, I feel like anytime I'm on a cruise, in fact, when we were on for Christmas, even though we did back to back five and five, so we had ten days, ten full days or 10 nights actually on the ship, we still didn't get to go see a single movie. We talked about seeing potentially Wakanda Forever or the the second Avatar movie, was that The Way of the Water? But then once we were on board, I'm like, I, I don't know that I can justify sitting in a movie theater for three hours in my precious cruise time. <laughs> So even though I wanted to, because I and I will say as of this recording, we are recording on February 10th and I still have not seen either of those two movies. <laughs> but but Wakanda Forever just came out on Disney Plus about a week ago. So I am definitely uh, I've got to convince Brian, but I really want to watch it this weekend. So yeah, there you go. Were there any other uh, events that we haven't talked about that were specific for the Maritime Cruise on The Wish that you can think of that you guys attended? Or heard about. Yeah, it, it wasn't, I, I wouldn't call it an event, but just a little something special. Um, I remembered uh, on the dream, they had hot chocolate and cookies for the kids. And Oh yeah, Christmas morning? Yeah. Uh, well, th- this was actually towards the tail end of the day. So I, I can't remember, I can't remember if it was before our dinner seating or after, and, and maybe it was when Miss um, Claus was doing the, the storytelling. But but I do remember that, and I, I I remember that there was uh you know cider that they that they offered apple cider, and I I wasn't expecting that on the wish, and then surprisingly they actually had that, so um I thought yeah that 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 was really a nice way to um but I'll let me caveat this carefully I I think this only happened on Christmas Eve or or Christmas Day the evening of Christmas um day yeah on the twenty fifth yeah we had a slightly different experience on the wonder. We had on Christmas Eve, as we were leaving the dining room, we were offered chocolate chip cookies and milk because obviously Santa needs a little snack in order to deliver presents. 
So we got those on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, they had an entire display, entire display, meaning a large table, but with a bunch of different cookies and hot chocolate. But there, I don't believe there was any hot cider. I think it was just hot chocolate. And it was only for the morning. It was gone by, I don't know, midday, I would, I would guess. So interesting. Yeah. So slightly, it is interesting to see how even on the different ships now, there is slightly different offerings or slightly different experiences. So I'd, I'd love to know your, you know, your impressions of the wish and what your favorite things you got to do on board. Cause obviously there were some, there's some new experiences available and would love to get those thoughts. I, I think it's one of those ships where, um, and I think other guests have said it on every deck, there's like a surprise or there's something new that you discover. It felt like we spent a lot of our time in, in the aft side of the ship. So we, we had our stateroom in the back. Um, I felt like I didn't spend a whole lot of time, um, at the front of the ship. You know, I think I went to, we went to seize the adventure. So we went to one show maybe, but we, we hardly spent any time at the front of the ship. Like, like you said, um, we, we weren't able to even catch a movie on the ship. We, we saw the National Geographic special the day it came out in, in, um, in one of the theaters. But, uh, besides that, we we didn't spend a whole lot of time in the theaters at all. The, what stands out, I think, on The Wish is no matter where you're grabbing a drink, whether it's an adult beverage or some type of dessert or a snack, and, and certainly main dining, and, and on the, the pool deck, the, the food is just excellent. I, you know, I, I thought the dream for us was sort of, you know, that set the bar for us in terms of food and, and just everything is dialed in just right. It's not too salty. Steaks are, are, are just perfect. They're not too rare. They're not too um, overdone. Um, here, it's just like everything was spot on. Temperature was perfect on the proteins. You had a variety of different vegetables. The desserts were tasty. And, and I would almost argue that um, and it's the one reason why, although we had booked Paolo Steakhouse twice, once for the once on the three day and once on the four second leg on the four night, we actually skipped it both times. It, it was just one of those things where it felt like no, we had our fill in main dining. I I didn't get a chance to try that other entree, so I want to go back and, and and try it one more time. Absolutely, I have to agree with you a hundred percent. I think that the food on the wish, not just the pool deck food, which we've talked a lot about, the pool because the pool deck food is just fantastic and maybe some of the best things across the whole fleet. But the main dining food, I feel like totally stepped it up, both in quality and offerings. Um, yeah, just some really interesting things, some really delicious things. And I have to agree with you, it's it's a little bit more formal, the food making Paulo and Enchante maybe a little less attractive. Not from the standpoint of those aren't amazing. They are. But if you're getting such great food in main dining, you really don't need to pay that upcharge for the specialty dining unless you are... I'm going to admit this, uh, a self-admitted snob and really like fine dining. <laughs> I mean, the, the food's still great. Um, uh, speaking about Enchante and, and the dinner there, you know, we, we ordered all a cart just knowing how long it takes to get through a course meal. Oh, that's actually very smart. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was one of those things where maybe I would have preferred to do a course meal. You know, my, my, my wife was eager to not, uh, to, to do other things. And, and so 
to get from three hours down to two hours. Okay, we'll take that. You know, it, so it's it's. But but I think you're 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 right. If you had time, and let's say that there was a seven night cruise um, on the calendar here for the wish. Then I think you've got time to do everything. I think you've got time to do each of the main dining rotations at least once, hit Palo Steakhouse one night, Enchante another night, and then that leaves you two other nights to, to maybe do main dining one more time. So I, I, I think, and, and I think there, another reason why I advocate for sort of that back to back on the wish as they continue to do the three and four night itineraries, um, that just gives you a chance to, to try different things. Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, that's we've got it planned for our upcoming cruises in April. We've got it planned where we'll do Enchante dinner once. And then I believe we're going to do Palo brunch once and Palo dinner. Once. But that's total for the whole thing, right? We're So we're doing you know only two in, in the course of seven days. We're doing two adult dinners and then we'll do one adult brunch. Um, not to say that the Enchante brunch isn't great, but I, I have a preference on the Apollo brunch for sure. It's just a, a fine dining meal at brunch to me is just a less attractive than like Apollo, which I would not call fine dining, but amazing brunch. Yeah. No, I, I think we, we, we agree on that and think about it um, the, the same way. The one thing I have to say, um, and I'm not sure about the brunch situation for Enchante because we didn't, we didn't try to book that at all. We had initially booked the, the dessert tasting or, or event, whatever you want to call that. And then about a week out, we got an email from DCL um, and they said that they had canceled the event. I'm not sure if that's actually true or if we just got bumped out. I, I tried calling once we got on the ship, guest services to see if they were still offering that. And, and they sort of reiterated that it wasn't available. So if we take them for their word, then then unfortunately, they ended up canceling that event. I don't know if it's still available or if, or if there are other cruises where they might still offer that. Yeah, I'm not sure because I, I've seen quite a bit of um, chatter online about that very thing where, where people were had booked it and then it got canceled or their booking got canceled and they were told it was not available. We did hear some chatter that it was maybe staffing challenges that they just didn't have enough staff to really to be able to staff that in addition to dinner and so that it that it wasn't happening at all. I, I but I don't know that for sure. That's those were just rumors. But I I will tell you I have we have yet to talk to someone who has done a dessert tasting at Enchante on the Wish. Which leads me to believe that it is likely that it is just not happening. I, I can't say for sure, but that's that would be my sort of logical conclusion. I know you did uh, uh, some of the drink tastings, which we've talked about on other shows, n- not necessarily the specific ones you went on. But I know that you had kind of a favorite location to have a drink on board. And I believe that that was Hooks Barbary. Am I right about that? It was for myself. I'm speaking for myself here, not my family members, but I was at Hooks Barbary and I was sold after the first night. Um, I had signed up for the World of Old Fashioned uh, drink tasting. Um, it, it's a small place. I think they only have room for six, maybe eight people, but we had six in our tasting and decided to come back just on a whim the, the next day to see if um, you know I, I, I could just order something off menu. There, there isn't a menu, right? It's a speakeasy. And, and the bar is actually closed during the day. It only opens during certain hours. 
And, and so I met with Colin there and boy, make Colin makes the most uh, amazing drinks. And uh, yeah, it really spoils you because you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're back on land and you're ordering an old fashioned somewhere else. Or um, in, in my case, I, I ordered a Manhattan multiple times, uh, other drinks as well. And yeah, it not quite the same as at Hooks Barbary. Oh yeah. If you are a bourbon drinker and you do not visit Hooks Barbary after, I think it's 4 p.m., I think is when they open, but that, but probably not on embarkation day. It's probably later on embarkation day. But if you do not head there, you are missing out. It is not just like the drinks, but the presentation. I'm not a bourbon drinker. And so I don't drink Manhattans. I don't drink old fashions, but Brian of course does and, and loves them. But I did go with him. I think it was his second visit to Hooks and got to watch the whole process. And it is just so cool what that bartender is doing. I think we had Colin as well, although I can't be certain because I, I'll, you know, it's hard to remember every staff member that you met on on the Wish. But I remember the bartender being just phenomenal, and he clearly knew what he was doing and was, you know, being very creative in what he was making. Yeah, exactly. Um, just stuff you, yeah, again, you're not going to see that on a menu on the ship and you're probably likely not seeing that, um, anywhere else. I, I, again, like you said, there's just a creativity that, that, that happens there. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And again, we did that almost every night. The, the, the other, you know, if you, if you had to ask my wife or my brother or sister-in-law, you know, maybe the two other places where we spent quite a bit of time was Nightingale's and the rose and the experiences were a little bit different. And I, you know, I remembered listening um, to your guys's experience at the rose. And so I had plans for that place to be my, my spot every evening, but, you know, just based on the menu and the offerings there decided, Hey, a couple times, you know, works for me. And I, we still enjoyed the experience there. Um, nice and quiet. I hadn't planned on spending a whole lot of time in Nightingales, but I think we were there every day. Oh, wow. It was so crowded when we were on. So it was actually harder to get into Nightingales just because of the crowds. But I don't know if that was just, you know, it was a maiden voyage and everybody was trying to steal those those bird glasses, which were, by the way, gone, like by, I think the, I don't even know, they might've been gone before the maiden voyage or shortly thereafter. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's room there. I mean, it's, it's quite busy. It's, you know, situated across from the bayou. So you're, you're, you're going to get a bit of a crowd, but I think there's still room. Like I don't, it didn't feel like we had to wait or it didn't feel like we were ever turned away. That experience was different because the bartending staff, the servers there too, are, are folks that we've run into elsewhere. You know, Freddie runs that place and we saw him on The Wonder out in California earlier in the year. He remembered us, we remembered him. And, you know, we had talked a little bit about some of the beverage tastings. Um, I had mentioned how mixology you know, is still our favorite, especially if you can get behind the bar. And and so he sort of talked us through the decision. And I, I don't think they do this anymore on any of the ships. Uh, mixology is them preparing the drinks ahead of time. Uh, unfortunately, we're not able to get behind the bar anymore. And so I, I mentioned that experience and he's like, oh, you must have been on the dream or the fantasy or what have you during this year. And I said, oh, exactly. We had sailed, you know, <laughs> that exact itinerary. So, so yeah, the familiarity and again, that sort of feeling of, you know, home uh, was certainly there when we went to Nightingales. Yeah, I think the the 
cast can make that difference, right? If you know someone or you have a great interaction with them, it makes you want to go back to that location over and over again. I think part of what, what we loved about The Rose so much, to be perfectly honest, is that one of our favorite bartenders, Nuna, was there every night. And so <laughs> and so for us, it was like, oh, we get to see Nuna every night. So it was, it was definitely is par- part of the experience and part of the allure. So I'd love to to kind of wrap things up with a couple of questions here, which is my first question is, would you go back on The Wish? Yes. Okay. My second question is, would you go back on The Wish for a very merry time cruise? Or if you were choosing a very merry time, would you choose a different ship? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I think, you know, as we sort of played this back after the cruise, I think we all agreed you have to go back when it's not a holiday. Right. Go, go back on a, you know, middle of the summer, something like that, or maybe early spring. Do it when it's warm. Um, so you could enjoy time in the water because it was a little too chilly for us. We couldn't spend too much time in the pools. And, and so when it's not a holiday, then you could just sort of follow that regular, um, navigator schedule and, and you don't feel the pressure to have to do all the different, you know, Christmas photos or the different holiday events. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. There's a more schedule pressure. You're on the wish. So you're already on a three, four day schedule to begin with. And then you've got holiday events, which adds a lot of pressure to the schedule. That's a great point, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you're, if you're going to go on a very maritime cruise, then my, my last question would be which ship, if you were going to go on another very maritime, would you be going on? Yeah, I think it'd have to be the Dream. I, I think it's still our favorite ship. I know the itineraries are different now for the Dream. You know, not not sailing out of uh, Port Canaveral anymore. But I think it would still have to be the the Dream. Let's say I'm taking a guess here. If I could do it in 2025 or 2026, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the Treasure. If if the Treasure's out, um, right. then. But but again, I could sort of turn that around and just say the same thing I said about the Wish, which is um you know it, it's probably worth a shot. Just you know getting on these ships um. When you've got a clean schedule, it, it's not a special, you know, sailing or anything like that. Just just so you could soak everything in and, and sort of just experience it for, for what it is. Yeah, that's a really great point. Well, thank you so much, Greg, for sharing your thoughts with us about the wish versus the dream and very maritime experience, as well as your general thoughts on the wish itself. It, it sounds like it was an amazing two cruises and that you will eventually be back on the wish but maybe also on the dream as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for the invite, Sam. Appreciate it. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. 
All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.